Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mindset Explosion, episode number 44 on the 22nd of November. I'm going to geek out with double numbers because those that know me, very few of you know this, that I'm a bit of a numbers geek when I see those double numbers. I definitely believe in angels, and I got one uh, joining me tonight uh, all the way from, I hope I'm correct, in Whistler, Canada, the lovely uh, Tina Pashmati James. Hello, Tina. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for inviting me to come and join you this evening because it's our morning here. Yeah, no, it's about 11 a.m., right? It is, yeah. All these 11s and 22s today and 44s, I am going to geek out by the end. So uh, <laughs> an angel. Uh, and, and look at that behind you. It, it's snowing. Yeah, it's snowing. It's really snowing a lot. Yeah, it's been snowing for about two hours, so it's building up everywhere out there. Oh, wow. But you look nice and warm there. Eh? Yeah, I'm lovely and warm. I've got a beautiful yeah. fire, and yeah. Uh, yeah, my house is warm, so I'm nice and cosy here. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> but but you're not from Canada, are you? You're from Cheltenham. I am from Cheltenham, and uh, yeah, that was my home uh, where I was born. And uh, my dad actually grew up there. Uh, he had a large family there and fell in love with my mum when she came to stay there. And I was the result of those two coming together in Cheltenham. So Cheltenham is my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so you, you went to Canada about 16 years ago? I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I came. Um, my son uh, was a, well, he wanted to be a pro skier, actually. And so we've been going to Chamonix in France. Uh, on the odd weekends and, and then using the plastic slope in Gloucester. And uh, we decided, you know, we'd, we would come to Whistler. But we never actually thought we were going to fully stay. But this place, okay. when you come here, you never leave. Well, after what you told me before we came on, I, I wouldn't want to leave. I'm, I'm always like, <laughs> how can I get over there? Well, come on, boys. <laughs> they need to grow up a little bit. <laughs> My youngest is only seven. We're dragging you over. Actually, I think one of my children, they, they, they want to go to Canada, but I think that's only because one of their favorite YouTubes is apparently, uh, YouTubes? YouTubers is apparently living there. So we're, we're, we're Oh, still. really? I don't know which one. Don't ask me. But I've had a great chat. Uh, I'm really looking forward to today's show because um, I feel like we're quite like-minded. And uh, shout out to Amanda uh, putting us together. And Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, um, first of all, I, I, we, we talked a little bit about mental health before we came on and some of the great things that you're doing. But I, I love what you said. You, you said you, you, you're a service provider. So um, what, what would you mean by that? For, for the yeah. yeah, what I, what I like to think of is I don't like using the word help. Yeah. When you say I, I'm helping someone, I think that's very disempowering, actually, because... To me, I, I prefer to use the word serve. You know, I think people who get a, a greater understanding of mental health and some of the ways that you might be able to serve people, uh, to me, is, is something that makes sense to me. Uh, it's like servitude in a way where you can, you've got an understanding of what might be going on and you're trying to use certain techniques to serve a person, to free them. And so that to me is really why I use the word to serve. 
And also my mum kind of came from that background. She was someone who was always serving others and my dad actually. And so I grew up in that environment actually. So, you know, I, I although I was born, I, you know, I won't deny it, I was definitely born with a bit of a silver spoon. Like I was very, I'm an only child, so I was very much spoiled. Uh, but my mum always wanted me to, to go beyond that. And so when I was very young, I actually left to, to go to um, Italy and I didn't even know, you know, I went to work with horses, to be honest. And I wanted to kind of set my mum and dad free because they'd always done everything for me. And that was the first time that I kind of got to work with some people with mental health issues with animals. And so, you know, obviously I had a, lots of horses. We used to rescue horses and horses and dogs are like the key thing to actually mental health. They really help. And there was a man, I don't know if you ever remember, but his name was Monty Roberts. He was actually one of the trainers for the, yeah. the queen, to be honest. Yeah. And he had this program set up for Cuban kids that what he would do is he would take them when they were really having a, a very, very bad time and the drug situation was horrific and they were like almost gone. And he would get them to work with Mustangs, wild Mustangs. And he would give each of these young men and women a horse and he would get them to like befriend this horse and eventually break the horse and ride it. And, and it was extraordinary. They did this thing called join up and these kids just stopped taking the drugs. They stopped misbehaving and they had a purpose and the animal gave them that, that purpose, but also that it was the one loyal friend that maybe they hadn't had in their life. The one thing they could trust. So when I was away, that's how it really started for me was seeing, um, you know, different peoples and my own as well, because you mostly learn from your own experiences, you know, your own shortcomings. So that's how I kind of got into the servitude was right back then. And also watching my mum work in mental health was very inspiring. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I, I like, I really like that, Tina. And I think I have to start using it. It is right. It is service, and I know what you mean by saying, "Oh, I'm going to help." Because I think I always would say, "Yeah, I, I want to help as many people as I can," but you can't always do that, can you? So no, uh, and you are serving really because. So yeah, I like that. But anyway, that's and it. also giving giving people power. What you're trying yeah. to do really is empower them, yes. including yourself. You know, because always yeah. I feel like when you work in the mental health. Well, whatever modality you use, you always have to be aware of your own mental health because mm -hmm. it's very easy. A lot of people who work in mental health can get very sick very quickly if they don't take care of themselves. And so it's like brushing your teeth. If you stop brushing your teeth, your teeth start to rot. And for me, I think if you don't do your own, I have all my own rituals that I do so that when I work with people, I can then go and do the work on myself. And that's how I kind of remain like on that neutral, I try to keep balance as best I can. And it's not always easy, but you, you do the best you can. Uh, do you know what, it's, it's so true. And I, I think I, um, from my personal experience, I learned the hard way in that I didn't, I was so much about doing, you know, whether it be the martial arts or and personal development, that, that I did forget about myself. Um, yes. About in the last 10 years. And it took a while, and I think I know we talked about it before we came on, but it was almost like I, but I had to go into that dark place 
to understand me a lot more. And actually coming out, it, it, it was it was like a quite a big almost awakening. My, how I view things in the world is very different. How I feel about myself and what I'm you know what I'm prepared to allow in very different as well. So it's, yes. it has served me. Um, and I want to talk about something in just a sec that like you mentioned before we did come on. But um but I, yeah I, I feel like the balance is so important, isn't it? But, yes, but, it is. But you said you were talking about some of the, the shamans that are, um, that you work with, and they yes. talk about um, that is good to have that. That you know, we always want to try and find that happiness. You were saying, always right? want to try. Yeah, and I think that's the problem in the world. That if you look at a lot of wellness coaches mm. and people like that. Um, around today and there's stockpiles of books on wellness I mean let's face it it's a billion dollar industry like a multi-billion dollar industry and I think the problem is with it Matt is that um, people assume they're chasing something that is um, you know it's it's not um, it's not realistic because you need uh, you need everything and you need you need to go into the darkness sometimes like there's that old saying better to light the candle and find each other in the dark than to curse the darkness. That's a classic saying. And I think our best teachings, and also if you look at anybody in life who's done something extraordinary, they've had to battle their demons and they've also had to be in the darkness. And I mean, you know, just thinking of people like Mother Teresa and, um, you know, Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela, those are just some of the people I can think off the top of my head. And um, uh, sorry, there's something weird going with my screen here. Hopefully, can you see me still? I can see you, yeah, don't worry. Oh, brilliant, yeah, yes. So um, yeah, I think that that, th that idea of always being happy and um, it's just not, it's not realistic. I think it's almost like that old story about the farmer when he goes fortunate and unfortunate. What you need is, in, in our, our world that we live in today, there's four elements that the indigenous people talk about. And that is you need to look after the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual within your own body. And I think when you have that, that basically gives you um, a balance. And that's what's lacking in the world today. There's no balance for people. They're either completely up or they're completely down. And, you know, and, and there's nothing in between. So to me, you know, that's why I love the indigenous teachings and yoga, because both of those things are all about inviting in the darkness and, and it just expands your light all the more. That's what it does. I, I think until you've experienced it, um, you know, experience, experience something like that, I think that's when, uh, you know, you, you do come out a lot more. Yes, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I think when she, somebody phoned and something weird happened there, but it's okay. As long as you can see me, that's all that Yeah, don't, don't that's worry. That's brilliant. Yeah, no yeah. worries. Yeah, um, so I definitely believe that, that that idea of welcoming in the darkness, th think of it as your friend. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to pass anyway, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um and so, so where you're, so is that what drew you to where you are? Is that what drew you to to Whistler? Is it to be around like a lot of these elders? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think I've got to be honest. Um, I've got an echo now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's always something. It's okay, my darling. It's just echoing in my ear. <laughs> um, I'll try and do it with the echo. So, yeah, um, the elders, I think I'm drawn to them uh, for so many different reasons. And one of the reasons is that, uh, that their teachings are so powerful. I mean, that, that they really are. Um, yeah, their teachings, are so, sorry, sorry, Matt, I can just hear this terrible echo. Can you Hang just... On, Tina, because I think I got you twice in the studio. So if you get... Yeah, booted... we're twice in the studio. Okay. Sorry, my darling. How about that? Yeah, that's brilliant. Great. Perfect. <laughs> this modern awesome. yeah, Sorry about that. The echo was just No. The echo was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the elders, you see, what they do is they give me peace of mind. Yeah. And they also give me teachings that have worked for centuries. And yeah. you know, that those teachings that have worked for centuries are like plant medicine, for instance, sweat lodge, um, sun dancing. You know where you basically go and you have uh, four days without food and water and you go off and you do all these different practices that are like kind of like ceremonies that actually help the mind the physical the mental the emotional the spiritual but they also bring you back to like wisdom respect relationships and also responsibility and I think that's why a lot of us are really sad at the moment because many people are worried about the the, the planet and the state of it and um, you know what's happening to the animals and I think that that's a lot of the reason why the mental health is so bad. <clears throat> so for me, the elders, <clears throat> they just help so much bring that balance back in my everyday living, and that goes for when I go to India with the the yoga um, with the you know with the monks when I'm in India with them. I feel that that fantastic grounding. That's what it is. It's grounding. And the minute you feel that, you feel your feet on the earth and you're like, I can do anything now. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. hundred percent. Makes a lot of sense, really. And, and I guess, especially with this year, it has been, um, it's like the world's depressed. I mean, the earth itself is depressed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Totally. So, um, I mean, and the only thing we can all do is join together to, you know, heal ourselves and um, and allow the, the world to breathe a little bit again. So, you know, it has, even though it's been a tough year, there's been, there have been positives. You know, obviously. There's been so many positives. And yeah, I think that, that that's the other thing I think that I love is, um, this is a saying actually that one of my teachers told me, Sharon Gannon, and it's a brilliant saying. It says, how you treat others will determine who you are, how others treat you will determine um, how you see yourself and how you see yourself will determine who you are. I love that. I think that's such a brilliant, <clears throat> it's a brilliant saying, that saying. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, you know, I, I think sometimes people, the, the thing I think what happens is a lot of people go for, um, you know, that they, they really, they don't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And and I think our present culture has taken that away from people. I think it's made everybody think that anything we do isn't going to make a difference. And I simply don't believe that. I think everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a part to play. 
And I think being in nature, which is what I am here, and that's why I really came to Canada, to be honest, because the expanse here is mind boggling. I mean, if you walk behind my house, this is literally out my back door. If you kept walking straight, which is east, you would be lost forever because you just would end up going, you know, you'd be heading to America and who knows when you might arrive there. But there's just forest after forest, mountain after mountain. And, and to me, I can feel that. I feel the expanse. And I think also humans like to be in company of each other. So the COVID has, that's affected our mental health in the fact that we're all forced to be with ourselves. But I actually don't think that's a bad thing. I think if you are forced to be with yourself, something about you starts to get ignited and you start to think, wow, there I am. Yeah. And that might be something that you always relied on other people to tell you that. But now you're finding yourself. And, and that, I think, is the purpose of this year, actually, is to really people to find themselves again in whatever modality works for them. It just happens that yoga and, and indigenous teachings um, help me. But as we said before, what I love is I'm, I'm very much a person that I like to see all different avenues like I like to see the mental health, like the 10 step program in psychology, in psychiatric medicine. I like to see the indigenous people with their, their four, the four sacred directions, the four medicines, and then the yoga with the meditation, the asana practice and breathing. And the thing I love about the breathing is that to me, that's, remember I said to you that sometimes people get to a bridge or a crossroads. Yeah. yeah. And then they've got to find some way of getting across that bridge. So different people use fitness, boxing, martial arts, like your your beautiful martial arts gym. Some people use aerobics. Some people use painting. Some people use cooking. So you can't take that away from people. But what you can do is give them a layer system. So they've got lots of things they can connect to and then find out what actually works for them. And that's what I think is so great about when you bring, it's almost like you can put meditation and medication together. Rather than cursing the medical profession yeah. or people cursing spirituality, yeah. bring them together because they work really well together. So the bridge is your breath is what you said, wasn't it? The bridge is your breath. Yeah. And everybody's got breath. Breath is... In yoga, they call the breath Shakti, and that's like the, the extreme feminine, uh, which is in men as well, that actually empowers you. It's almost like you feel the earth, the Gaia, and that energy comes from the earth. So when you're doing breath work, you know, simple breathing techniques um, that are ancient techniques, some of them are over two, two and a half thousand years old, you, you can do them seated or reclining. It could be something as easy as saying to a person, you know, everybody sit in your uh, upright position and then you're going to breathe in. And you're going to keep going. And I want you to fill that breath as deep as you can. And you keep people doing that. And in the background, you might be drumming. So you kind of bring in the shamanic drumming as well. So what you're doing in effect is you're shaking all the cells in the body and then the breathing's also activating 
you know, your lungs, your heart, your kidneys, all the organs. And so people start to feel better. And it's not about hyperventilating or even doing anything special. It's just about suddenly connecting to your breath. And then you see people, they kind of get that almost euphoric feeling that they might get from drugs or alcohol. And yeah. so what happens is they, they find something inside themselves. And of course, one thing we know about addictions, that's when you take stuff from outside and take it inside yourself. It's not great because sooner or later you're going to have the downer. Whereas with things that you bring from inside out, you're always going to have that because it's in the body. And so I, that's why I love breath work. And that's what the, the, you know, that's the way you get across the bridge is by breathing. And, and it's the, you know, the mo it's almost like a dance with your breath and your, it becomes your sacred partner. And then people start to respect their breath. They start to realize, wow, you know, if you have an accident, what's the first thing you start to do? You kind mm. of start to hyperventilate a bit. And so your body actually knows what to do. But for the majority of the time, we've been in this sleeping environment. It's almost like that's what governments have wanted us to do, actually, is almost be dormant. And uh, so what happens is we end up being dormant. We don't speak up. And, and that also means that we lose our self-worth and we start to get depressed because we don't feel good about ourselves. But, you know, my I say to people, this is simply not true. Like people, everybody has the power within them. It's not as if some people are given more of a power. It's true. Some people are more charismatic. Some yeah. people are very good in business, um, you know, and so therefore they might make billions of dollars doing that. But for me, I like to deal with the everyday people, which is how I see myself, just in the simple things in life, like just being able to get up in the morning and not want to harm yourself or being able to get up in the morning and actually be grateful you're alive. Those are simple things that young people might help them get through the day. And that, that's what I think about breathing. I think it's one of the most powerful modalities we have. And let's face it, until the day we leave our body, everybody's got access to it. Do you know what? I, I hadn't really thought about it. I, I got to be honest, I hadn't thought about it quite as deep and as I have until just before you were saying that then. And thinking about the, the, the bridge, and I think you kind of said it, and as I was thinking about that, and it's so true because really, I, I guess, I, I like to have control, but not like a control freak. You know, I, 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 yes. I don't want something to control me. Um, Whereas, you know, if we are, um, you know, if it's solvent abuse or alcohol abuse, but even just in general life, because if I get, you know, someone's scared, your, your breathing changes. Yes. You know, my son sometimes, he doesn't like, you know, talking about blood, for example. So oh, I feel dizzy, dad. But your breathing's changed. Trying yes. So it, it, it is, it's the bridge to something. It's the bridge. <clears throat> totally. And I think what happens is when I used to work on Whistler Ski Patrol, I worked up there for eight years. So I saw people die. I saw people survive. I saw people in extreme pain. Um, every time when you can get a person and the people around them linked to breathing and it is pranayama is breath control. That's what they call it. But it's more than that. It's actually connecting into you, who you are, and, and as a person, how your cells function in your body, how you cope with extreme stress. So what I've noticed with breathing techniques, you can get in freezing cold water 
if you're breathing a particular way. You can actually control. So a bear's coming towards you and you want to like perhaps run or you might be terrified. But what happens is you can control your breathing so much so that you don't move and the bear just passes by you. No one gets harmed. Um, and, and that happens so many times. Like even back in the day, I remember like, you know, working on like as a bouncer or being, you know, somebody trying to diffuse people arguing. It's yeah. always about the breath because you can always tell when someone's super angry, they start to hyperventilate and they, you know, they, they're almost like frothing at the mouth. But if you can get people to just breathe. And one time when I was flying to New York, this man was basically having a panic attack and they were going to land the plane. And they asked if anybody had any medical training on the plane. So I just waited for a moment because I was like, you know, there must be a doctor on here or someone but then no one put their hand up, so I put my hand up. And then the doctor did come with me, and we both went, and we gave him oxygen, and we sat with him. And I just, I spoke to him. I told him stories, and then I got him into breathing with me. And eventually, after 20 minutes, the guy calmed down. And the, the stewardess said, we thought he was, like, dying. But what we realized was his hyperventilation was so terrible that it looked like he had some type of medical illness. And, you know, that's what people can do to themselves. Like, and when you're, when you're in a high state of stress, you start speaking super quick. And, and that has the resemblance of people who do crystal meths, to be honest. You know, it's the same type of thing. You hear them speaking super quick and they're kind of out of control. And so breathing techniques and they're ancient, whether it's the Wim Hof, the, the breathing he does is brilliant. That guy's actually really good because he does a lot of free stuff. And, you know, he's used it his whole life. And what I do, the pranayama, like all those old sages, that's what they use was the breathing. And the other thing they use is mantra, and that's singing. But what they are is they're sacred hymns. So, you know, when I first went to India, I was like, wow, this is interesting because these hymns remind me of, like, for instance, the hymn I heard in the Church of England was all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. Always love that hymn. And then here I am. There's this like mantra um, and it swasti praja by a paripala yanta nyayena margena mahimma himshaha go brahma nepiaha shupamastu nityan loka samasta sukino bhavantu. And that mantra is all about taking care of others, um, you know, looking looking out for each other, coming together, four colors of man, the community. It's very interesting. So though it's Indian, it actually connects to indigenous people. It connects to white people. It connects to black folk. It connects to everyone. And that is the four colors of man, you know, from the east to the west, to all of us coming together. And that to me is what is meant to happen, I believe now. I really believe that. I think we're all supposed to be together and we we really do have to work together. What whatever wherever we come from, we have to. I agree. I, I um I, I I won't talk I don't talk too much about religion, but I have my own beliefs about stuff and even with spiritual and 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 over time they've all kind of come in like that for myself. And I feel there's there's all something actually a friend of mine, he he lives in um uh, New Jersey, and it, I know it's a little bit different, but he said there was always a lot to be learned by the American culture, English culture, but 
I think in general on the world, there's there's so much we can learn from. Um, so much. Believes everyone's because there's always something. A lot of the time, when you, if you, I'm no expert, but I know when I've I've heard stuff, and I think, well, that's we are talking the same stuff here. We are. We really are. <laughs> and what I love that saying when it says finding fault with others loses mm. your peace of mind. Yeah, it does. So that's a great saying, you know, just to remind ourselves. It's we haven't got time to be unkind to other people. We just do what we do to the best of our ability. And it's true, sometimes it's hard because you know you come into situations where in your own life, you know, you might have something happen to you and it's very sad, or you know, something happens and you have to work with that. But in my experience, if you harbor anger, jealousy, fear all that sort of stuff just brings about illness mm -hmm. and you know it, it makes people ill and that's where cancer and you know all these different diseases love stress every every disease is based on the immune system getting you know so poorly um it's so low that you cannot pick yourself up and your stress levels are so high that you can't cope with every little thing as from the slightest cold comes in and just batters you so you know to me to lift the immune system and that's where like you know we use all these different medicines so you know like for instance this is white pine and uh we burn you know we burn white pine and then you know there's um sage and uh, the sage is uh, th these are like sacred medicines sage is one of the four sacred medicines um, and then you've got sweet grass, which grows around here quite prevalently. And then you've got that one thing. So you've got sage, sweet grass, and cedar. And so the cedar trees are all around. And then what you have is you also have this. So this is tobacco. So obviously we all know when this is used in a bad way, this creates, you know, addictions for people. But you see the indigenous people, like they take a pinch of tobacco and they'll pray to the creator and then they put the tobacco down on the ground and then they take the cedar. They ask for permission to take it. So they use tobacco in a different way to how we've ever seen it. So that kind of goes back to the darkness and the light. There's something good in everything. It's just yeah. how you use it. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I agree that um well, for me, I, I, I like to find the good in things anyway. Yes, um, always. Because if, and I think I probably was of a mindset once where, oh, this is miserable, everything's miserable. And and, and it did, it just, like, you start hunching over. Yes, you, yeah. Because you're carrying that. Yeah, you're carrying it, and it's a heavy burden it to is. carry them. And when mental health is concerned, I think you get a layer system. So as we all know, you know, these things if you believe in, uh, you know, it reincarnation, many people believe that karma, you know, it comes from many lifetimes, that if you believe that. And so, you know, some people are very aware of that. And uh, so, you know, it, it, that's why some people say, why does bad things happen to good people? And, you know, this is one of the reasons, if you believe in that, why that happens. So that kind of, to me, pushes me to always try and be the best I can but also to understand my weaknesses and almost embrace them mm -hmm. and then use the, the things around me that really help me. Um, and, you know, the things that help me is nature for sure. And also chanting, 
and meditation. You know, I see the power of meditation because it's such a simple thing. For me, meditation is like a window that's open behind you and you feel the breeze just come by. No one can explain to you what it really is, but it touches your soul. And you could sit there for quite some time just pondering that. And you feel the wind embrace you and maybe the sun nourish you um, and the rains purify you. And then you know you're not alone. That's what I think. And I, I think that's the thing is trying to get in, in, try to get connected to yourself. Do you feel that more there where, where you're living? Did you did you ever feel that? Is there, is there other places that you feel that? Because when you're talking there, I'm thinking it's, there's, some, there's a place that I love to go to. Which isn't in England, but <laughs> but I really feel it now. I feel like it, it, it's so it's Ireland where, where where a lot of my family are, are living. I'm, I'm, every time I go there, it just oh, I just feel so calm, and I don't know whether it's because and the point is, Matt in the open, and yeah, it's, it's not built up. There's there's no noise. Yeah, it's got a different type of nature there, and um, yes, yeah. I used to really believe that. Actually, I used to believe that places hold sacred that mm. you had to like i had to go to india to regain that feeling i had but then one of my elders said something really interesting he said remember tina it's inside you yeah the real location is really inside you and all it is is it enhances how you feel that's what happens i think it just gets enhanced and whistler you know whistler has its good and bad um elements like anywhere on the on the planet but for me it's because the forests are here i feel the water and the forest and you know water is something to me that i think is very underestimated like you know when you think when we're born uh, you know we're born we're about 90 percent water yeah. and then as we get, go into our teenage years it goes down to about 80 percent water roughly and then as we start going into middle age, it goes down into 70%, 65% water. And when we're ready to leave our body, it tips over to under 50%. So it just shows that everything is, is based around water. And Emoto did those studies proving that if you pray to water, um, you know, it, 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 it makes all the cells in your body function better. And you could even see, like they did these studies to look at the crystals that were formed from like praying over one glass of water and then swearing at another glass. And it was actually incredible what he, what he created. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just read this very short piece yeah. that kind of just, it's really interesting. He said, everything in the world is linked and whatever you are doing now is being done to someone else at the same time. So what type of morphic field should we be interested in creating? Are we creating fields of pain and viciousness or are we creating a world filled with love and gratitude? Whenever you sit in front of water and send messages of love and gratitude, somewhere in the world, someone will feel that love and gratitude. You don't need to go anywhere. So I, I love that. What a brilliant idea. And that's from his book, The Hidden Messages um, in Water. And, and that really made sense to me. And then the other thing I wanted to, to share with you is from a very old book called Meeting Life. And he speaks about the, he says, this constant is love. What the word is not the thing. It has its own movement, its own beauty. Um, and however highly sensitive or subtle can never be captured. 
Uh, it must be completely still. And then perhaps the constant can be touched. Meditation is perceiving this. Meditation is seeing the constant, touching the ever-changing movement of life. And as man progresses through being, you know, the sinner to being the saint, has progressed from one illusion to another. This whole movement is an illusion. When the mind sees this illusion, it is no longer creating any illusions. It is no longer measuring. Therefore, thought has become to the end with regard to becoming better. In that way, you don't imagine you're on a path. You're already there. You don't need to go on the path. And that those two ideas, I think, are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to hear more. <laughs> well, yeah, did I see it? Oh, thank you. Um, I'm taking over. I feel, do you feel like we're on a bit of a, um, well, we're always evolving, aren't we? But do you feel, is that, because, I felt this for a while that the, the, uh, like everyone was just on this turning point of some kind, whether it's a, a new phase of evolution or I don't yes. know. But I didn't know I if that's, when minds opened up to things I didn't before, would I know this? Well, I'm sorry, if you don't know what you don't haven't been told, but how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree, Matt. I think that this is a spiritual awakening. It's huge. I think, yeah. see, the spirit does mean breath, essentially. So when people say I'm not a spiritual person, they're not actually, it's not true because everybody has spirit. Yeah. And, the, you know, a blade of grass, a tree, everything has spirit. So I, I really believe that the spiritual awakening started to happen before COVID, actually. Yeah. I think what, what, what needed to happen was, that, unfortunately, I think a, a lot of people suffered because of our own shortcomings. Um, and by that, I mean the many people that have died and the many people that have witnessed loved ones dying. Mm -hmm. That was basically our, all of us together conglomerately creating like this kind of, it's almost this economic stealing from the planet and, thinking it would go on forever and not really taking responsibility, none of us actually, for our actions. So I think what started happening is one of the reasons people are suffering mentally is because I think a lot of everybody's waking up and we're beginning to see this now. But I don't think that's a bad thing because I think when mm. we get to the bottom of the pit, only then, it's definitely like that saying that, you know, that it's darkest before the dawn. And I really believe that. And I think that's what's happening right now. And I think we're going to look back at 2020. We're going to thank all those people who died for us. It kind yeah. of reminds me of the war, really, where all those military people died to give us freedom. And I believe that all these poor people that have suffered so much this last year, um, you know, it, 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 it was almost like an awakening to wake people up and say, just stop what you're doing and think about, you know, what's happening around us. And also to stop condemning, you know, because obviously the first thing that happened was everybody started condemning China and then everybody was condemning. And if you remember, there was, you know, Black Lives Matter and my friend was speaking about that. And, and, he, and he said, you know, it's a bit of an insult, really, because, you know, we have suffered and they have suffered so much. Mm. It's kind of gone beyond that now that we... We have to acknowledge people's suffering, and now we have to make sure that never happens again. And I believe this next generation is going to be much better at that than we ever were, and that it, it you know, it's going to move on. It is an evolution. That's what's happening, and we're all coming together, and we're asking elders 
to give us the teachings, which we never did before, because we mm. were kind of of a nation where we all thought we knew it all. And yeah. what we realize now is maybe we don't know it all. So, you know, we're looking for teachings that help us and that will enlighten us. And I love what my teacher said, because one time I said there's this whole theory on enlightenment and it's quite complicated. And he said, just make it simple, Tina. You know, enlightenment is when you wake up. You actually wake up before you were chopping wood and after you're chopping wood and carrying water, you're just more awake. And, and I thought that's really nice because that means the whole of humanity could do that. And I think it has to start from within. So, um, you know, if we if people if we work on ourselves individually, then it happens. And I guess as well, because this has happened, it's, it's going back to what we said. We, the, we all needed this, unfortunately, we needed this pain. We, we did need it because yeah. we're at the center of the circle. You can put like human beings in the center of the circle. And then round that, that edge is like mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. And then round the next edge is respect, responsibility, the earth, the mm -hmm. animals. And so those circles keep rippling out. And if we kept going like we were, you know, the earth will go on. That's the mm -hmm. fact, there's no doubt. But whether humankind would is, is debatable because, you know, when you get to a crossroads, you know, there's, I think my dad used to say, you can keep banging your head against the brick wall and you're not learning the lesson. You're just doing the same stuff over and over, repeating yourself. So in order to set yourself free, you've got to change something. And I think that's what COVID's done. It's forced us to change and we are changing. We're ever evolving. And it's going to mean we're all going to have to go together. And we're all trying to find ways of living with ourselves and not living with guilt because guilt doesn't help anybody. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not helpful that's not a helpful sense at all. And neither is anger. Sometimes yeah. you have to get angry to, to maybe sh have a shift in perception. But ultimately, um, those two things are just not really helpful. And neither is, you know, the idea of trying to hurt others at your own, exp you know, at your, your expense. If you know what I mean, you're trying to, like, be better than other people. So you're trying to hurt them. That doesn't work either. And that's no. what I love indigenous people they never one time i was sat in a sweat lodge with some elders and i said i feel so awful i'm a white girl i'm in here i'm english and you know my elders brought smallpox and whiskey to your land and here i am sat in your sweat lodge healing myself and the elder just looked over at me and he said tina this is gone now we're in the present moment only remember that and that was a long time ago and that that was very helpful yeah, that was a beautiful, helpful thing to remember. They're such good people, those people, and um, so willing to share their teachings. On the other hand, I'd never want to prosthesize those teachings. For me, I always want to go to those elders, learn the medicine, and, you know, they taught me many songs with my drum. And there's one song in particular that I love that is the chief song, and that just reminds me of my elder Uncle Fraser who was the most beautiful man. His whole purpose, I believe, he was trying to get some of the indigenous people away from alcohol. And he did such a lot of work, even at his own expense, really, to try and initiate that. And he, he helped his people. And that was inspiring, so inspiring. And that's what I mean about service. We're yeah. in servitude. 
And we mustn't forget that, you know, we're, it's, you know, when I remember when I was doing my teacher training years ago and my Indian teacher said, don't you dare go into a classroom and stand at the front of the class and think, oh, look at me. I'm the teacher. And look at all these poor lost souls. He said, you are a person who has great power. And what he meant by anybody who teaches anything. So he said, there comes great responsibility, but you're not better than those people. The only thing that's different is that they may not have studied a subject as much as you. And they're coming to you for service. So don't you dare take advantage of them. And I always remember that, that, you know, that that was, you know, to take care of people in a good way and not not to abuse somebody who is is suffering, which is sometimes what you see, you know, it's not good. You always want to do your best. Yeah, but I, I learned so much. Um, I, I teach a little bit less than what, what I did, but I, I used to learn from the kids. Yes, the <laughs> kids are the best. Yeah, they, because they're, because I, I guess they haven't had maybe the social condition that I might have once had, but oh my gosh, you learn so much and get so inspired. Um, I like to bring them out to the front every now and then, and you know, yes, conference. And I, but I think with anything, it, it, it's so it is so true what you're saying, but even whether we're a teacher or not, we, we are we are in service to people. Um, and I think once we, we realize, um, you know, it's a lot more about, it seems to be more about being, you know, being grateful and understanding the things that we're grateful totally, for. Totally, totally. The things that we love, well, I think you, you said it then, I think, um, I think love is something I, you, you think you understand to a degree because you, you have it from when you're born, you know, hopefully you have it from the day you're born, right? Yes. It's just there when you're born as a baby because yes. um, there's not much else to understand. It's just that's that's my mum, that's my dad, and that's right. You know and what I mean? Humi humility is the, the one thing that I think really defines we us as people. Mm. And I always saw my parents as the most brilliant and yet and yet humble people. And to me, some of the best people I've ever met are very simple, humble people. And and yet their teachings are so profound. But also animals, like you were saying, kids are incredible teachers mm -hmm. because they're not bogged down with layers of rubbish. Whereas, you know, a lot of us, we are. And also we take everything like we're a bit neurotic. Like, you know, we, 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 we even make our animals neurotic sometimes, <laughs> you know, by the way we, we are. And, and, and yet when you look at like for, this is an, uh, an eagle feather. And I was given this by an elder at the Sundance this year. And um, what, what he told me about the eagles, he said, eagles are extraordinary creatures and, and yet so is the hummingbird because the eagle flies, flies closest to the creator. But the eagle, when they, when they fall in love, when they mate, they actually lock claws and they do this spiral of death and it's terrifying to watch. They literally spiral and they almost touch the floor and then they separate. And it's crazy thing to watch. It's like unbelievable and then on another day he said you know the eagle is such an inspiring bird it instills in us that there's nothing we can't do it empowers us it's like the bear really with that strength and yet that that ability to be quiet and to be in calm gratitude but the little hummingbird which is a messenger that's the only bird that will actually take on an eagle and so the hummingbird if an eagle goes into their territory can you imagine that little bird buzzes around this giant bird and it will 
you know, really disorientated enough so the eagle flies off. And so it also shows that it doesn't matter how small you may think you are or how unempowered you are. Those birds and, and animals empower us to remember who we really are. And I think that can be really helpful with people with mental health issues because I had a, a very bad accident a very long time ago riding one of my horses and I was in hospital for a month. I had a terrible head injury and I smashed my face. I had like a hundred stitches in my face, tore off my top lip, broke my arm, broke my eye socket, broke my jaw. Like it was a big mess. And I remember I was lying, um, you know, lying on the floor, not really knowing what had happened. And, um, you know, when I arrived in hospital, my mum came in to see me and she was horrified. She actually passed out. And it was only then that I kind of had an idea, oh, God, maybe this is a big mess because the pain was horrible. But I and I use this technique in India where they do tapping. So they sometimes do it like on your, yeah. your chest. So yeah. You've probably heard of it. But oh, yeah. I did it with my foot. And, I, and they told me that my plastic surgeon wouldn't be there to try and stitch my lip up and all for like 45 minutes. So they couldn't give me any painkiller because I had like cerebral fluid coming out of here. So they, I was just lying there in agony and my mum was like absolutely dying inside. So I started doing this thing with my foot because I remember them talking about it in India and it actually worked. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. That was like an instant pain relief. And then the, the surgeon came and he was like, wow, you must have a really high pain threshold, which I don't have. And, uh, and so I didn't tell him then because obviously I couldn't speak, but um, no. afterwards I've used that technique loads of times and it works. And what I found out was again, people use that breathing techniques. They've actually had surgery without an anesthetic using those techniques. So, you know, we know they're out there and if they can help people with mental health, they should be more accessible for people. And, you know, it should be something that, you know, people can have access with. And, um, you know, it should be something that you shouldn't have a big struggle trying to find it. And, you you know, you should also be able to find the right people. And, you know, what you do is so important, like martial arts. I mean, I, as I told you earlier, like I did that when I was younger and I loved it. It's so good for the mind. And for young kids, it's awesome. Because also it teaches them respect. And I was thinking of Bruce Lee when you were talking about that. And I was thinking, he said, you know, practice the same thing 10,000 times. And, you know, even the same kick 10,000 times. And most people would be, I'm over it. I don't want to do that anymore. But in my experience, re repetition is a very powerful healing tool. Exactly. I used to have that up on my first, um, my first center. We used to have that up on the a board with those words. Did you? Back. Yeah, um, but it's so true, and I think um, I guess this year. I mean, there's been a lot more talk about before COVID, wasn't there, about mental health and you know more awareness about it. And I guess this year, probably more people may have experienced it that hadn't, unfortunately. Yes, but, and fortunately as well, because we can appreciate a lot more of those things. And um, and it is, I and I think. I don't know if we said it on air, but it's finding what works for you, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's finding what works for you yeah. and trying very hard not to stay in your drama because that's a great thing, isn't it? Like, oh, you know, yeah. having had a head injury, I found myself using that excuse day in, day out. I, did, I used it so much. Oh, I can't do that because of my head injury. 
and it actually became my reality. And what yeah. happened was I, I turned it into my reality to some degree. So what yoga did was it changed that. It kind of helped me evolve from that, especially the meditation. And, you know, I think it doesn't mean that you have to go out and do something super extreme. But mm. I think, you know, sometimes the simple things like maybe you go and take a, um, a, a course on growing vegetables or you learn to cook, you know, properly because I'm a terrible cook, but I've kind of had to teach myself to cook a little bit better. Um, and, and just having a greater understanding of maybe painting like one of my friends showed me how to make paint from avocado and beets. And so I started like painting little things, very rewarding. And it's really good for the mind. And it stops people using that thing like I can't do that or I'm not good enough. And those are all the things that I think are happening to people as well while they're in lockdown. You know, we're looking all at our weaknesses rather than our strengths. And also, let's face it, some of us might be getting on each other's nerves a little bit if you happen to live with people. And that's OK, you know, because, I mean, it's, it is hard when you live with people under the best of circumstances. But I think also once we start to do the work on ourselves, then we tend to be a better person for our partners. And or in some circumstances, some people realize this really isn't working. So maybe something that they've stuck with for years which in my case, you know, I was married for 26 years. And, you know, at the end of it, I kind of realized that that was not working for me or my ex-husband or for my children. So, you know, my fairy tale in my mind had to change. And so, again, you know, your mental health. And in the beginning, you blame the other person because it's always easy, isn't it? But then in the end, what you realize is it's me. I have the power to change this. And that's what I like to share with people is, you know, you've got you've got to do the work on yourself and then then you start seeing things differently. Uh, two million percent agree with that. Um, similar experience, I, I guess. But um, but I think it's, it's a couple of things. It's easy to say I can't. Because then I don't have to go for the pain of oh, what if it doesn't work? What happens? If I, you know, something goes wrong. And, and the thing is. I think it's more pain in saying I can't a lot of the time because you're, you are, you're stuck. You're, you're, you're stuck in that situation, whatever it may be. It could be like, like you said, you know, going to learn something new, changing a career or changing a, um, or making a relationship work or understanding it's time for me to step away, you know, from that. There's just as much pain in saying I can't. I think it's the most painful word in, in the dictionary. I agree. And, yeah. and also pe people living in dread and, fear yeah. and 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 it's almost like we get to the place where maybe this is all there is but it's just not true yeah. you know there, there's there's so so much to be grateful for and and also so much to kind of think to yourself wow love really is pure and no yeah. matter what's going on in the world like a dog will come up and wag its tail and you're like oh look at that like that's a, a special moment or like you said your kids at the front of your class what a special moment or a person um, unable to hug you, but, you know, maybe online they're just kind of doing this and, and, and looking outside and seeing the snow on the trees or even in England, the rain or, you know, just having that, that brief moment where you watch a sunset or you, you know, you, you just feel your, your feet in the water or, you know, you feel the wind wrap around you. I remember once my friend met her, 
where this is a long time ago, but we were up at um, a, a place called Ullenwood. Do you, do you remember Ullenwood? And there was this big poppy field, like right at the top of the Campton Hill. And we were driving by and she looked at me and she said, Tina, I want to take all my clothes off and go and run in this poppy field. <laughs> and I was, I'm such a prude. I was like, really? And she's, oh, come on. And so I like, oh God, what if anybody sees us? And she said, come on, Tina. So we got out the car and this is a, such a long time ago. And I remember we just ran through this and it was pouring with rain and all these poppies. And they are, I mean, that's why they use them for Remembrance Day because they're like our men and women in service that, you yeah. know, gave everything for us to be free. And the poppy is like, you can trample over them and they pop back up again. And I remember running and running my hands through those poppies. And I was like, this is the most exhilarating moment I think I've ever had in my entire life. And it was something as simple as that and being with my best friend, you know, and and um, and and that I've had that other feeling a couple of times. But, you know, that's enlightenment, actually. When you have that, it's just like that aha moment. And you're like, wow, that's it. And it's just extraordinary. And you just want to share it with people. But you also want to remind them that it isn't always there. Otherwise, we get we want to get that high again and so yeah, yeah, you know, to yeah, me yeah. you've got to find the balance otherwise then we're back to square one again with that battle of addictions aren't we we are and yeah. you know i love what you do matt because i've always loved martial arts i've loved what it does for kids i know my sanskrit teacher who's incredible menorma she was a martial artist as well and she's a brilliant like she studied sanskrit with an indian teacher for many many years and she also said how she loved how it made her feel. And I think it's the humility in martial arts. And yet that that release, there's that release where you feel, yes, I can do that. And they do that little exercise where you kind of inhale. <sighs> and just something as simple as that, people are like engaged. And I guess that's why a lot of those high energy wellness speakers you know, people like Tony Robbins and people like that have thousands of people following them because they get everybody like dancing. And, but, <laughs> and you know, you, you can criticize those people and people will say, oh, they're con men and all the rest of it. But you know what? Who really cares? If that makes like a thousand oh, people feel yeah. happy, yeah, exactly. I actually don't really care. So long as they don't cause any harm, I think whatever works for people is a really good idea. And just as long as, People always maintain their own self-connection. I don't think anybody can really harm you in the end. I think you'll always be free from that. I um, totally yeah, I totally agree because it, it, there's many ways to serve people, right? And So many ways. Yeah, there is so many ways. One of the things we do, we do like a, a fitness type kickboxing class, which is probably someone that's not going to want to get involved in martial arts. But it has the same effect, same as you know what you do with your yoga. It is making that person. Well, it's not making them. They are. It's happening. They they feel better about themselves in whatever they need to feel better about themselves. Yes. Which knock on effect, and it goes back to actually what you said um, quite early on. I think in um, the show is that you what we do does make a difference, and I it mean does not make a difference everybody because if yes. You, Pay a compliment to someone, you probably just made that person's day. They're probably going to go and pay a compliment to somebody else. And that one compliment may just sway someone from doing something stupid. I know it, it sounds crazy, but that is how life works. 
that child that got up to the front that probably maybe have done that is maybe now going to be more of a speaker become a teacher you don't know it has everything has a knock-on effect and the same as what what you're doing is because and you've studied psychology so it's like you've got the you know the balance of the the yoga the the meditation understanding what mental you know illness is all about as well from a different perspective is bringing yes. it together and it it makes a difference and not just to that one person it makes a difference to their partner it makes a difference to their children their friends and then what they talk about so i remember when i was young i can't remember who necessarily but sometimes over here when they used to talk about environment on tv and for you know if you use it environment example oh well doesn't affect me well it does if everything us now it doesn't matter if you're not alive in the you know in 50 years time it's still going to affect you right now because it's totally determine how you feel and it's going to have a obviously a big part to play in our karma and in, in the future yes so. that's why i love people like richard attenborough i mean the guy yeah. is a legend you know just he's 93 years old so he's living proof of how mm. he's lived his life and you know he's seen you know what what really is happening and when people deny that that's like a fear-driven thing there because in reality we all know what's happening to the planet and we know we can't go on like we are so we yeah. need to change but that doesn't involve you know again if we go back into that fear-based attitude and then shooting insults to different people around the world it's not beneficial so yeah. you know and that affects our mental health because no one can deny you don't feel good about yourself if you speak about somebody badly there's no doubt about that it just doesn't sit right so you know everybody feels better when they're you know they're, they're able to like be, speak truthfully they're able to to actually love themselves and i think that's the difference is we we forgot that we forgot the ways of the teachings you know because water has memory and to me, the, our bodies are made up of memories. And I think, you know, in today's present culture, we've got to remember that we're now evolving into a very different period. We're kind of going away from that Newtonian period into a period where things are going to change a lot, I think, over this next year. And yeah. we're, we're all going to have to change the way we live and how we, how we react. We're a very reactive um, society. And that's why we've created re reactive leaders like people like Donald Trump, etc. You know, th these people are—they didn't just arrive accidentally. You know, it's it's conglomerately a global thing where you know people are—we want somebody to save us. You know, it's almost like we we just want to put it on somebody else's plate, and and then we blame that person when they don't, whoever they are. But the thing is, it's up to us. It's got to be us. It always started with us. And that's what I love about indigenous teachings and yoga. They put it all back on you. You know, it's pointless you being in a yoga class doing sun salutations and you've got your breath right and you're doing everything properly. You might have learned some of the, you know, the philosophy of yoga, but you're in the class and you're going, oh, my God, where did I park my car? Oh, I've got to go to the bank. Oh, I wish I hadn't worn these trousers. And then you're in an unconscious pattern. And so the yoga's doing nothing. But when you're there and you're going inhale, exhale, then you're really doing it. Well, you could be doing that in anything, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is people aren't conscious. So what, ha what happens is they're, they're, their mind's like this. 
it's like the monkey mind you're kind of all over the place mm -hmm. and and then you have to stop the mind so you have to try and find a way of letting the thoughts come and then letting them like pass through your mind like phantoms so that you're not always working in symbols and you know pictures and imagery that gets you stuck and that's why meditation is very very helpful and you know there's lots of different types of meditation i particularly like sacred geometry because sacred geometry is ancient and it comes from all the mayans and the different um tribal people and and also i really like mantra because om you know that sound om is if you get 500 people chanting om from all different walks of life that's a powerful thing if you get people holding hands in a big circle together you know, a thousand people holding hands, that's a powerful thing. So, you know, anytime you get a big group of people together, whether it's online or in person, that holds great power and that can be a healing process for the planet. And there needs to be more of that, which is why we don't condemn technology. We actually use it to our best advantage, rather like you're doing with your podcasts, actually. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? We have gone over the hour. <laughs> I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I'm gonna you in the year, Tina. If you... Yeah, I, I really love I love speaking to you, Matt. And um, uh, you know that to me, uh, I love yoga. I love indigenous mm. teachings. I love psychology. I'm really grateful to my parents. I'm grateful to all my students. I'm grateful to my children, and I'm grateful to my teachers. And also all the animals, because I've learned so much from the animals. And um, if you would allow me, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to um, send a prayer to you. Um, and uh, it's it's just a it's a very simple prayer. And uh, this one um, means: May all beings everywhere be free from pain. May all beings be free from suffering. And you can do that. All of us can. And uh, may everybody see and experience what is good and beautiful. And may no one be unhappy. And that's my prayer for everyone. And I'll just sing it once um, for you. Actually, I won't use my instrument because it sounds distorted. But if you can just close your eyes and maybe people can just bring their hands to their heart. And uh, choose a, something in your life that you want to offer this up to. It might be a parent, a brother, a sister, um, a child. Um, you know, somebody, each person will, will think of something. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramaya Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makashchid Dukabhag it's a real honor to be with you matt thank you so much i'm humbled by you and your podcast and your school in cheltenham back in my hometown thank you from the bottom of my heart oh thank you um you've had um that's for my mum <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mother. I love that. I love um, that. She, she worked in a, a day hospital. She was a secretary at a day hospital in um, Gloucester, Denmark Road. So I don't know if you might know your mum. I don't know. Yeah, she might do. Wow. Um, 
Thank you so much for coming on. I would love to get you back in the new year. Now, you've got um, a couple of workshops coming up. I, so tell us about them just before we finish yes. up. Yeah, so just before I finish, I, I, I do monthly uh, meditations um, and they start at 6 a.m. my time in, uh, um, in Whistler. And I also do um, life programs. So I do month-long life programs and year-long life programs. And I work with the indigenous elders and um, in yoga and in psychology. And so that, that will be on my website, which is on Kajibi, which is Shanti Seva Institute. And what I can do, Matt, is I'll send you the link to that. And if anybody's interested, you know, maybe they can have a little look on our our site. We're just about to launch the new website and um, it'll be easier for people to find me. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I, I'm very grateful, you know, for you for sharing, allowing me to share that with people. Uh, anybody who wants to join me, I'm, I'm always here. I'm on Facebook page and my name, Pashumati, actually was given to me by Sharon Gannon. It means protector of the wild animals. And oddly enough, the Cree gave me a name, which was Daybreak Woman. And so both those things kind of go together because I always get up early and I'm always with the animals. So you'll find me on Facebook and uh, I usually have a lot of um, different posts that I post on there. So I would welcome anyone who wants to join me. And I wish you all a beautiful December, a wonderful new year. And I'll see you in the new year, Matt. I will do. Hang on a sec. So we've got a um, couple of comments for you, a couple of messages I've got to share. And so it's from oh, a Matt. Great. Thank you, Amanda. Mason's usual. You always bring a tear to my eye. And she sent you some hearts as well. There you go. And from Clara Yoga. Uh, so good to hear and see you, Tina. Thank you both. Thank you. Namaste. I oh, love thank you. that. Thank you. Oh, bless them. Um, yeah, so thank you. Please put the um, please put the links in the comments. So if someone that has got the links for um Tina, please pop them in the, the comments below. And I will see you in the new year for sure. You see have you in a, the new year, Matt. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll just put it in the waiting room, Tina. I'll come back and yep. talk to you. Thank you. Perfect. Right, thank you. Right. Wow, what an episode. Oh, I enjoyed that so much. Thank you, um, everyone, for watching. And um, If you've got any questions, drop them in the comments below. And obviously, Tina can uh, get back to you. But, I, oh, my gosh, I'll get on to the... Um, Get onto her courses for next month and into the new year. Thank you everyone for watching. I am back next week, of course. And for those uh, in small business, I am doing a free workshop tomorrow in um, in my in one of my groups. <laughs> so it's for Facebook Live and how you can use that to real grow yourself or your your business. So if you want to find out more, just drop me a, a private message. That's at six p.m. GMT tomorrow. If you want to find out more about them. Otherwise, peace, love, and I will see you all next week. Bye-bye.